Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome. Glad you are here today at Community Baptist Church. It's great to share this time of, of Advent with you as we prepare for the coming of our Lord. And uh, we are so grateful to have this, this time of fellowship and worship together, and we welcome you all. We welcome our guests, especially today. You're very important to us, and we're glad that you're here and hope you'll feel very much a part of our family as we uh, share and worship t- today. Let me remind you of a few announcements. Uh, first of all, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask, if you would, to take those and fill them out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning and uh, just check the appropriate box on there and give us the information that you feel comfortable giving to us, and, um, and we would certainly appreciate that. Uh, also, thank you to the uh, Midway class for a wonderful breakfast this morning. That's always a treat, and you, you put it on. You didn't, you know, you didn't hold back, any, and uh, I'm so grateful for it. It's, uh, I, I filled my tummy this morning, so thank you so much for that. It's a great time of food and great time of fellowship. Uh, and we have more of that coming up, even today, folks. Um, come back this afternoon at 3 o'clock. We will be having our Christmas service. This is our second Christmas service. And uh, we will be decorating our Christmas tree with Christmas. And some of you may ask, well, what is a Christmas? A Christmas is a, a decoration that we will decorate our tree with. And all of the decorations are ancient symbols of Christ. And uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful service. And I hope you'll come and be a part of that and, and stay after the service immediately afterwards. Our deacons will be hosting an open house here at the church with, yes, folks, more food. <laughs> Uh, Also, coming up in about a week and a half now, it's Christmas Eve, and we will be having our Christmas Eve service, of course, here at Community Baptist Church at 5 o'clock that evening. And uh, as we do every year, there are a lot of people who participate in this. There are a lot of uh, uh, songs and solos and readings and things like that. And if you would like to participate in in that way in our Christmas, Christmas Eve service, please see Mark. He's taking names and lining up the service. So if you would like to do that, please please see him and, uh, and he'll, he'll line you up. We have a special guest with us today. Rhonda Abbott Blevins is, uh, I didn't know she was coming today. She surprised me. She walked in my uh, office about five minutes ago and said, I'm here. Rhonda is the uh, coordinator for the Kentucky Baptist Fellowship. So, Rhonda, come and, and give us some greetings from KBF today. I believe the last time I was here was about eight years ago, and you guys, you, you look younger. How did that happen? <laughs> Except for that guy. <laughs> It's good to be with you today. It's good to be back at Community Baptist Church. Um, It's been a long time. I was the associate coordinator for missions from 05 to 07, so that's why I was here previously, and then I've been at a local church in Tennessee before recently moving back to Kentucky to become the coordinator for Kentucky Baptist Fellowship. Um, This is an exciting time of year. As partners with the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, I want to tell you about their offering for global missions, which supports field personnel all over the world, literally. Um, Here in Kentucky, we have ongoing ministries. Some of you have probably participated in our Extreme Build. Um, I even remember a disaster relief project with Pastor Tim and and others down to uh, do hurricane relief after Katrina. 
Uh, more recently, we've initiated a program that helps, uh, that we're working with poverty in the western part of Louisville, um, our largest city here in Kentucky. But it's good to be with you and to connect with you once again and to just say hello. And I'm glad to be here worshiping with you during this season of Advent. May God bless you and may God bless this church and this community. Thank you, Rhonda. It's, uh, it's great to have this, this connection with KBF. We do have a strong connection and with KBF. We have a lot of folks that are, uh, we go to, to uh, Extreme Build every year and, and are connected in many ways, and so we're grateful for that connection here. It is a time of love, isn't it? It's Christmas time. It's time to share love. So let me invite you to stand and greet the people around you with Christmas love for just a moment, and then we'll sing, O Come All Ye Faithful.
We look forward to Christmas and to the joy that it brings. Some of us may not be feeling the joy yet. We have too much to do and too little time. Some find Christmas an unhappy time, and some are just overexcited. But now is the time to rely deeper on the deeper joy that comes from Christ alone. As we look forward to Christmas, we light this third candle and thanks for the joy that springs from Christ and that flows through us and that warms us the whole world. Please bow your head as we pray. Lord, as we prepare for your coming, let you let your joy well up in us and be shown through other people that the glory and the joy that you bring to all of us. Amen. of different products, the closest to the price without going over is the winner. Jesse, tell them what they win if they win the first product. The winner of the first game wins a cruise to the Bahamas. Our first product here is Joy Dishwashing Liquid. Emily, what is the price of Joy? $1.69. Kelsey, what do you believe the price of joy is? Uh, uh, $1.89. And Rachel? $2.09. And the price is $1.89. Kelsey, Kelsey, you got it right. Exactly right. And you have won the cruise. Who are you taking with you? I'm going to take my dad, and I might leave him in paradise. (laughs) Now, on to our second game. You have to guess the price of love. (laughs) Jesse, tell them what they win if they win this game. The winner gets a $1,000 shopping spree. (laughs) Kelsey, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm going to go with... $2.99. Emily, what do you believe the price of love is? $2.79. Rachel, what do you say love costs? $100. $100. 
is 289. So Emily, you were the closest without going over, and you've won the shopping spree. What are you going to buy? I'm going to buy my dad an alarm clock and GPS so he can find his way to church. <laughs> Our last product is Eternal Love. Jesse, tell them what they win if they win eternal life. Eternal life winners spend eternity in heaven with God. Jesus and all their saved friends and family members who have gone before them. The streets are paved with gold. There is a no sickness and no strife. Sounds nice, doesn't it? It sure does. Emily, how much does eternal life cost? The national debt. <laughs> that certainly is a lot, and the price gets higher by the minute. Kelsey, what do you say? I'm going to say all the money in the world. Well, that would max out my credit card. Rachel, what do you say? I say nothing. And Rachel is correct. Eternal life doesn't have any monetary cost. Rachel, why is that? To get eternal life, all you have to do is accept Christ as your Savior. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Knowing this gives us true joy. We celebrate the season knowing that Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice to give us the greatest gift. Doesn't that make you joyful knowing that the right price has been paid for you? Join me for the responsive reading. Come, Lord Jesus, and bring joy to our world. Joy to the world who has gone to care for many, many years and still sings them heart and soul and Joy to the child looking at the flickering candles who knows we are celebrating something too mysterious to explain in words. Joy to the one who needs to know that those are loved. Joy to the homeless mother who longs for the assurance that you are with those that the world tosses aside. Joy to all of us caught up in the wonders of your love, as though we were experiencing your birth for the first time. With all heaven and nature, let us sing and shout and speak our joy to the world. Joy to the world, the Lord has come.
scripture today is Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. <clears throat> let, let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be known, made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of God. making me kind of nervous for so many people up here. This is exciting. Okay, can you guys me a, give me a couple examples of something that is gentle or somebody that you know is gentle? A cat can be gentle if they're not mad or you had to throw them in water. <laughs> if not, they're coming after you with their claws, right? <laughs> or if you made them mad. A dog, a dog, a oh, puppy dog. They're so cute. They're so lovable. They're so soft. A puppy, yeah. Puppy, anything else? Babies. Oh, babies are so gentle. They're the cutest little things. I just want to pinch their cheek. <laughs> what do you think, gentle? Your little brother. Oh, I know. I saw him earlier uh, crawling around, and I just want to go pick him up and hold him. But they'd be like, okay, who's a strange lady picking up our child? <laughs> I just let it crawl around. Well, I'm going to read you guys some scriptures from Proverbs about gentleness. The first one. Some people make cutting materials, but the words of the wise bring healing. Hmm. Why would they talk about gentleness? If I'm talking about gentleness, why would I talk about cutting? And Like if you were to cut yourself and you'd have to put a Band-Aid on it. Why would you? Yes. Think, okay, when you, when you go get a boo-boo and you get hurt, and you're like, Mom, I just hurt my hand. I scraped it on the ground when I was trying to ride my bike, and I fell down, and I scraped my hand on the ground. Oh, I have a boo-boo. Is your mom going to be like, there's a Band-Aid. <laughs> she going to slap it on your arm or on your hand? No, what is she going to be? Gentle, yeah. She's going to put the Band-Aid on real nice and soft, maybe put a little bit of Neesporin on it with a, with a, a Q-tip and put a Band-Aid on and say, and kisses him. Oh, that's all you know. You're going to be all better now. Mama's love. I'm so gentle. Yes. Or my kids at school, a lot of them get chapped lips, and we have this big jar of Vaseline, and we take a Q-tip and we put it on their lips. And I'm not going to just slap it on their lips, am I? I'd be nice and gentle because their lips are sore because they're chapped. All right, let me, I'm going to read you another verse. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. Hmm, what's that mean? You know, it means like if you're, if you're gentle and you're kind to someone, it's going to turn away the bad things. But if, you, if you're harsh, it's just going to keep stirring. Yeah. Yeah. Like your reaction. Good. And what's your name? Evan. I know a couple Evans. 
Um, and then I've got one more verse, 16:24. Kind words are like honey. Ooh, who likes honey? Mm, honey, nice and sweet. Yeah, she's like, ah, some days. Depends on what day it is, right? Kind of words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Did y'all know that honey is healthy for you? Yeah. It actually helps. It's a, um, it's, um, a, uh, it's all natural. And so, like, a lot of times when people have, like, sore throats, they put honey in their tea, and it helps coat their throat, and it makes it make you feel all better. Well, I have a few more things. Got to get out my, my mobile. Okay. So, when someone speaks unkindly to you, how do you feel? Sad and mad. And you're like, why are you being so hateful to me? Confused. Um, how does God want us to talk to each other? Nice, yeah. How do you think, okay, I've got a Band-Aid right here. How do you think this Band-Aid could be like, how, how can words be like Band-Aids? It sticks to you, yes. And what do Band-Aids do? They make you feel better. What were you going to say, Joe? Help with cuts? Yeah, they help heal you. And you know, also, also what they do is they help keep out other bad things. Like once you're done, you've cleaned it and you're healed, it helps keep all the bad things out too. It kind of protects you and it's there and it's gentle. So um, let me see what else my thing's got to say. The Bible tells us that we accomplish more by responding to those who are cruel and angry with gentleness. Mm, so if somebody's cruel and, and, and not very nice to you, you can have gentle words and be nice back to them. When people lash out and say hurtful things, it's often because they have pain in their hearts. God wants us to be people who say kind things that will help heal the hurt, the hurt in others. Kind words are like God's band-aids for people who have bleeding hearts. So I've got a little band-aid I want you guys to um, take, and it's got the Bible verses that I read to you guys. So if you kind of want to just keep this like, as a reminder, and then it's got the Bible verses on the back of it. So if you're like, oh, what did, what did Rachel say? What, what verse did she read to me about being kind and being, and being gentle to others? Oh, it's right back here. You guys can look at it and see. So I'm going to give these to you guys, and y'all can head on up to with Miss Mary. Thank you guys for participating and being such a good audience. Can I have all you all in my classroom next year when I become a teacher? Yes.
Let us pray. Lord, this is the favorite time of the season of the year to, to be giving, Lord. And this time, Lord, we bring our gifts and our offerings to you. Lord, we, we are so thankful for this church and every family here, Lord. We ask that you bless the ones who aren't here today, Lord, and be with them if they're traveling and keep them safe, Lord. We ask that you bless these tithes and offerings to further your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.
Charles. They're all gone. Now, now there's got to be another here somewhere. There's none here. Oh, excuse me. Yes? I'm trying to find a gentleman doll. Me too, me too. Do you have any more in the back? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> these, these guys are looking for a turbo man? A gentleman, <laughs> though, yes. Turbo <laughs> 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 man! like that about this time? <laughs> True confession, folks. Are you beginning to feel like that? Uh, about this time of year, a lot of us are beginning to get a little bit frantic. Shopping's not done. Christmas is so near, and there's still so much to do. But this season of Advent was supposed to be our time to get ready, wasn't it? That's what Advent's all about. But it's in just about another week and a half, it'll all be over, and the big day will be here. All the decorations will be up, all the packages will be wrapped, the last card will be sent, and then, ready or not, Christmas Day will arrive. So, are you prepared for Christmas? I mean the real Christmas, not the Christmas of Santa Claus and reindeer and tinsel and expensive gifts, as wonderful as those things are. The question that I'm asking you today is this. Are you prepared for the birth of the Christ child? In Philippians 4, the Apostle Paul gives us a great formula that I think we should use to get our hearts ready for Christmas. Listen closely to his words. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In these words, Paul gives us a comprehensive formula for finding peace during this Christmas season. A peace, as he says, that transcends all understanding. So let's, uh, let's consider for a few moments this formula that Paul has given to us. Let's begin with this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Christmas is above all a time for joy. However, Paul's admonition about rejoicing in the Lord always was not some kind of a Pollyanna denial about the presence of suffering in the world. In fact, as Paul is writing this letter to the Philippians, he is sitting in jail. He's in a jail cell as he writes these words, essentially on death row. He was in chains waiting to find out if he would be sentenced to death or if he would be let go. 
And yet, in spite of his less than ideal circumstances, Paul says to us, Rejoice! Rejoice in the Lord. When? Always. You know, Paul had an amazing spirit. Three times he was shipwrecked. At least once he was stoned, and I don't mean stoned like being in Colorado. I mean stoned with with real rocks. Five times he was scourged, and he was beaten many times as well. He'd been forced, he'd been the focus of riots and death threats and thrown out of more towns than he wished to remember. And and after one harrowing near-death experience, he was even bitten by a snake. And yet all of these experiences could not take his joy away from him. But folks, it is obvious from Paul's example that joy does not mean that everything is going our way. Remember, he wrote this in jail. Joy does not mean receiving everything that you desire in life. Joy does not mean having an enormous haul of goodies under your Christmas tree. Joy does not come from fame and prosperity, as we have surely seen in the lives of some of uh, the biggest celebrities that we know of. No. Joy comes from an inner assurance that whatever you're going through, whatever you're going through, whether it's good or bad, God is with you. That's where joy comes from. It's from that assurance that God is with us no matter what we're going through. Now, I know that joy is, a, is, is difficult for some people, especially at Christmas time. Christmas is a hard time for a lot of people. One of the most depressing facts about Christmas for some of these people is the fact that everybody else is so jolly during this time of year. There are some people who have simply lost the ability to laugh and to to play and even rejoice in the Lord. They may not be misers, but they surely have a great deal of the spirit of Scrooge in them and very much the, the Grinch that stole Christmas. Something in life has made them afraid. Afraid to trust life. Afraid to trust other people. Afraid to even trust God. Dr. Raymond Moody put it like this. He said, It is well to recognize that some persons are actually fearful of joy. Fearful of joy, elation, pleasure, or other usually positive emotional states. In many of these people, being joyful causes them to have feelings of guilt, shame, or unworthiness. That's sad, isn't it? To be afraid to be joyful. To feel unworthy of experiencing happiness. And, and unfortunately, those kinds of feelings have crept into the attitudes of some of those who are some of us who are followers of Jesus. There's a story told about a, a group of missionaries uh, years back who were sent to a tribal group in, in Africa. And these missionaries who were very conservative in their theological and cultural outlook told the people in this, this tribe that once they were baptized, they could no longer dance. And so those Africans who converted to Christianity became known as the people who who have given up dancing. How sad. We need to be reminded that our, our Puritan forefathers and foremothers banned 
the celebration of Christmas because it was frivolous and pagan, they thought. It seems that there, there are some people who are just afraid to be happy. And they nurture their fears. They nurture their resentments and their hurts. And they shut themselves off from others and live as little islands unto themselves. They cannot experience the joy of Christmas because they will not let Christ set them free. But I think they need to be more like that quiet young writer who came up to the the wildly uninhibited Zorba the Greek and asked him to teach me to dance. My friends, if there was ever a time for dancing, it's Christmas. The Lord of all of the heavens and earth has come into our world as a, as a tiny little baby. And what better reason for celebration is there than that? Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. The next thing Paul says is let your gentleness be evident to all. Now that's, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? Advent and Christmas are a time for gentleness, right? Unless, of course, you're going to the mall. I mean, some people have actually broken into fistfights over Christmas bargains, and others have been trampled by an avalanche of, of shoppers trying to get that elusive Turbo Man action figure. In some ways, it's, it's hard to be gentle at Christmas, isn't it? Kind of every man for himself out there. I, I read about two nicely dressed women standing outside a department store waiting for it to open. And so they started a conversation with one another. And the first lady was eh, somewhat of a, a smug woman from New York City. And she was married to a very wealthy man. And the second woman was a, a rather gentle, soft spoken woman from the South. And when the conversation focused on, on what they expected to get for Christmas, the, the wealthy woman said, Our first Christmas together, my husband built a magnificent mansion for me. And the lady from the south responded, Well, bless your heart. <laughs> and so the woman, first woman continued and said, Our second Christmas together, my husband bought me a beautiful Mercedes Benz. And again, the lady from the south said, well, bless your heart. And so the first woman continued and said, then, uh, then our third Christmas, my husband bought me this ex exquisite diamond bracelet. And yet again, the southern lady said, well, bless your heart. And so the first woman asked her companion, what did your husband buy you for your first Christmas? And the southern lady said, my husband sent me to charm school. And the lady said, charm school, whatever for? And the southern lady said, well, for example, instead of saying, who gives a darn, I learned how to say, well, bless your heart. <laughs> Gentleness may be a little bit hard to muster in the mad rush of this time of the year, no matter where you're from. But folks, we need to step back a bit and we need to reflect on the thought of this babe in a manger. We don't often think about the gentleness of God, but how else can we think about God 
at this time of the year. We know about God's power and we know about God's holiness, but how often do we think about God's gentleness? And yet the same God who created the heavens and the earth became one of us. God emptied God's self and took on a human form, even the form of a tiny little baby. And if you think about it, it's a thought that's it's just too amazing for us to comprehend. I love the way Mark Lowry put it in his beautiful Christmas song. And by the way, if you come to our Christmas Christmas service this afternoon, you will hear this song. Mary, did you know your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. And I particularly love the final two lines of this song. Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you have kissed the face of God. How can we possibly get our minds around something like that? And yet it is such a major part of the magic of Christmas. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near, says Paul. Let me give you an example of gentleness. There was a soldier in the Israeli army on patrol one day in an occupied area of Palestine. And he's walking down the street and he suddenly felt a rock hit him on the back. And then another. And then another. And so he whirled around with his rifle ready to fire. And there in front of him were several Palestinian children. They were picking up more rocks to throw at him. What was he to do? Well, he wasn't going to fire live ammunition at children, but at the same time, he couldn't allow them to keep throwing those rocks. So he had an idea suddenly. He bent down and he picked up three of those rocks that had been thrown at him, and he started juggling them. He started juggling, that's right, juggling those three rocks. And the the children became mesmerized and forgot about their rocks that they were holding in their hands. The the soldier did a few tricks and the the children uh, uh, laughed. And then he did a, a grand finale and they applauded. He took a bow and walked off. Now that story could have ended a lot differently, couldn't it? And we have seen confrontations even in our own land in the past few years that have had far different endings. But it doesn't have to be that way. You see, as Christians, we have been called to a life of gentleness. We can have the gentleness of Christ, which transforms anger into laughter and and hatred into love. And that's the kind of gentleness that, that Paul is urging us to adopt. In our lives. And then he writes, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. No wonder Paul could rejoice even while in prison awaiting his fate. No wonder when people oppressed him and abused him and when they beat him and said all manner of vile things against him. No wonder he could respond with such a magnificent gentleness. You see, Paul had learned life's greatest secret. 
Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Henry Frost, who was a missionary to China, was going through a hard time in his life. And later he would write these words in his, general, in his journal. He said, I had received sad news from home and deep shadows covered my soul. I prayed, but the darkness did not vanish. I summoned myself to endure, but the darkness only deepened. And then I went to an inland station and saw on the wall of the mission home there these words. Try Thanksgiving. So I did. And in just a moment, every shadow was gone, not to return. My friends, have you ever gone through a difficult time in your lives when your spirits were flagging and you were just about to give up? Did you try giving thanks even in the midst of your difficulty? You know, it's so easy to be thankful at Christmas time. I mean, we have so much. Santa Claus will reward us with so many nice things and the stores are filled with symbols of our material affluence. But for some people, their material affluence only masks a spiritual poverty. They grasp at things that are external because internally they are paupers. But Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Could you give thanks this Christmas if some of the things you cherish the most were suddenly stripped away from you? How about your eyesight or your hearing or your speech? There was a little girl born in 1880 in Tuscumbia, Alabama, named Helen Keller. She came into a dark world without sight, without hearing, without the ability to speak, unable to see, unable to hear, unable to speak. What a dark world it was for this poor little child. But one of the success stories of the ages is how Helen Keller came out of that inner darkness into a light which you and I can only view with astonishment never seeing with physical eyes the light of the sun that we see, never hearing the sounds that we hear, and yet she lived a full, rich, radiant life. For example, did you know that Helen Keller graduated from Radcliffe College, cum laude? And even more amazing, she became close friends with presidents and kings and some of the most powerful, well-known people in the world. When her teacher, Ann Sullivan, finally brought her to where she could understand and receive ideas and concepts, she also came to know God. Helen Keller said, I always knew that there was a God. I just didn't know what to call him. My friends, Helen Keller had very few of the blessings that you and I take, a, take for granted and, and we enjoy so much. But listen, listen as she describes the meaning of Christmas to, for her in this essay that she wrote titled A Christmas Legend. She said, A legend tells that when Jesus was born, the sun danced in the sky. 
The aged trees straightened themselves and put on leaves and sent forth the fragrance of blossoms once more. These are symbols of what takes place in our hearts when the Christ child is born each year. Blessed by the Christmas sunshine, our natures, perhaps long leafless, bring forth new love, kindness, mercy, and compassion. Could you find joy and give thanks this Christmas if you were deaf or blind or unable to speak? Helen Keller knew a joy that few people ever know. She learned how to lay aside every anxiety and in every situation by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, she presented her requests to God. Rejoice in the Lord always, says Paul. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then Paul made a promise. He said, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. My prayer for each of you during this Christmas season is that you too will find this peace that transcends understanding. Joy, gentleness, thanksgiving. May it be so for each of you during this Christmas season. Amen. Let us sing together our closing hymn, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. And as we do so, let us be mindful of what Christ has done in our lives and let us be mindful of the joy and the gentleness and the thanks that God has called us to live in our lives. And to do this is to have the merriest of Christmas ever. Let us sing together. from here with rejoicing in your hearts. Let your gentleness be known to all, for the Lord is always by your side. Cast every worry aside, and by prayer and petition with great thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, 
And the peace of God will keep you today and always. Amen. Well, thank you. That makes two of us. <laughs>